Working Fans Podcast. Cool. Yep. All right, here we go. Coming down three, two. For another week of the Working Fans Podcast, this is AJ, I'm the former wrestler, we've got Dave the Ultimate Fan here with us, as we do every week, our producer Joe may, likes to make us sound good and makes us look way more professional than we actually are. As always, you can find us on Twitter, that's at FansWorking, Facebook, Working Fans Pod, we've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast, and for any ideas that you might have, that's workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, where you can keep up with us at workingfanswrestling underscore pod. And then you can now listen to us on all major platforms, including anchor.fm, we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and you can actually check us out on YouTube. Now, it's important when you go onto the Apple Podcasts and YouTube, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, let us know what you think so you can help us out and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans. Do you remember Lance Von Eric from World Class Championship Wrestling? You can read all about his wrestling career in Portland, in Dallas, and overseas. And his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Eric, 25 chapters in all. You'll be surprised what you read. Go to LanceByChance.com. All right, everybody. It's the Working Fans Podcast with the man they call Dave. And today we got a special guest. This guy's been all over Global Wrestling Federation, NWA, World Class. He's been a matchmaker, a referee. He's currently a part of SWE Fury, and we're happy to have him on, Mr. James Beard. James, how are you? Uh, great to be here with you, man. I tell you, it's, a, it's, a, it's cold down here in Texas. I hope, you hope you're warm. I am not. James, uh, I didn't t- we're in Connecticut. so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, man, we're, we're, but you're used to this stuff. I'm not. It's, yeah. it's, it's, man, it's freezing here. What is it out there? Well, it was about 25 when I got up this morning. They're talking about, uh, I think, in Tuesday being down to one or two degrees. Okay. That's that's absolutely out of the question in Texas. Yeah, no, that's bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I I, I worked today. It was like 10 degrees out. It was horrible. Yeah. Again, what you're used to going to that? Yeah, I would not yeah. want to. Yeah, that. no, I am not used to it. I like, and I like cool weather. I'm just not a, you know, oh. I'm not a freezing weather guy. Yeah, there's levels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, first thing I want to ask, just I'm curious, how did you break into the wrestling business? <laughs> well, I, I was I was actually in the music business before I got into wrestling. I'm playing playing all over with a band and and uh, we were um actually worked for charlie pride's uh company chardon okay uh and we opened for just about everybody you can think of in the early uh, late late 70s early 80s that kind of thing and i got to know some of the guys playing around the dallas area and and i'd been a wrestling fan all my life really and and uh you know talking to them over a period of time they they figured out i had a clue and and uh a couple of them thought thought i'd be really good at that it being involved in the business i wasn't i was an athlete also i, I went to college on a basketball scholarship believe it or not and, nice. and so you know the athletics and, and sports were always my my thing you know and and uh, i got into music and then that led me into this and and 
Mm-hmm. You know, I stuck my toe in it for a little while, and the next thing I knew, I was doing it full time. <laughs> now, how similar are the music business and the wrestling business? Too similar. Yeah. Uh, and as far as the politics and and uh, the the workings behind the scenes go, and and okay. you know, that, that was one of the things I was getting frustrated. You know, I, we were we were doing pretty well. We were playing, like I said, we were opening for a lot of people, and and I I considered our considered our band really good and i considered myself really good and then uh you know it kept kept going through this door and a door would close and another door would open and another door would close and, and you know and i got really smart and jumped out of that pan into the wrestling business and <laughs> if you know this business you know how smart that move was but, yeah. yeah it seems like from everything i've ever heard the travel is rough, same, yeah. you know, and then, yeah. yeah, politics, like you said, and at yeah. the time you were into the partying lifestyle was probably similar for a lot of people. Well, yeah, it's, a, it's a, the, the, the wrestling business is a little bit harder on your body, but, uh, yeah. you know, the, the politics and the, and the, the, the way things are handled, you know, business wise, a lot of times are very similar. Uh, it, it's who, you know, and, and being at the right place at the right time. And yeah. it's not always about 100% about your talent or, or, or that sort of thing is about, about, uh, you know, being at the right place and knowing the right people and all that. It was frustrating. Both, you know, both, both businesses can be frustrating. Mm-hmm. I just got a little bit luckier in wrestling, I guess. Yeah. You know, I was just talking to somebody uh, a while back and we we're saying like, you can work hard. And all that really does is that helps you percentage-wise. If it, you still got to be almost at the right time and the right place, yep. and yeah. you know, it helps to know the right people. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, and, yeah. and you know, be be what somebody's looking for at the right time too. Right. You know, that's that's another thing too. You can be very talented and and uh, or in wrestling, you're very skilled and and. And just not be what somebody you're the person you're in front of right at that moment is looking for, and that 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 plays into it as well. Now, one guy I wanted to ask you about because uh, I was looking up, you know, who seemed like a guy that I heard you were close with and you had worked with was Bruiser Brody. And mm. I'm just, what was your dealings like with Brody? How did you know him, and what was that relationship? That that's he's he's one of the guys that drugged me into this business. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that that was yeah, that was it. You know, that, that kind of relationship. You know, he he was a special guy. Yeah, uh, it's special, special guy, special talent. He's unique in very, very many ways. Uh, the, the way he did business, the way he handled himself. Mm. Uh, a lot of, a lot of people didn't understand him very well. I think he's very misunderstood in a lot of ways. But man, you talk about a guy that drew money and, and a guy that was always, uh, you know, always at the top of the card. That's him. And and uh, I couldn't. Yeah, I just I miss him. He, he, he's a, he's a guy that, that the kind of person that you want to be in line with in this business if you get a chance to. Now you were talking about Brody. I'll, I'll ask you yeah. a specific question about Brody because I was interested in this. Like one thing today you don't see as much. It's pretty much all right. You're told this is your character, this is your job. You know, you go back to like Bret Hart and that whole screw job thing where. You know, a lot of people don't understand. I mean, you know, all my dealings, I'm sure you being inside the business, he's protecting his character. And Brody, to a sense, by all things I've looked up at, he was very big on protecting himself, his business. And that's something probably completely different from nowadays, but he was probably one of the best at doing that back then. Yeah, well, it, it it was it was a different time, you know, definitely different wrestling business and different different wrestling world. Uh, the the wrestlers don't have nearly as much control or are on their own careers now as they, as they did at that time. You know, back in those days, if you if you went to one territory and it didn't work out very well, or if you got to a point to where it's time to leave, you leave and go to another one. And and Bruiser had a had a 
a, a special situation in that he was such a big star in Japan and, and also in Puerto Rico and, and other places, but, but Japan was where his main money was. And so he could afford when he came to the States and worked some of the small, you know, he worked a lot of small promotions, a lot of independent promotions. And, and he did that because he could control what he's doing. He didn't want anybody uh, uh, doing anything that was adverse to his image in Japan because that's where his money was. And, and a lot of the times you hear the, the stories about him refusing to do this or, or being difficult or whatever. A lot of that had to do with him protecting his, his spot over there. And, and if you knew what kind of money he was making over there, you could understand and appreciate why he would do that. Hundred percent. Actually, I'll, uh, I'll jump ahead. I have a couple other questions I want to ask for you, but I'll just uh, sure. that's interesting. Quite like you know, he had a he had a job. He was protecting his yeah. job, and I, I think sometimes yeah, as fans we look at people as TV stars and we get lost in things. I want to well, ask you about. And, 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 and let me let me say this too about that. Uh, it, it, having worked in in Japan for a long time, um, I understand that that the 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 reporting the journalism over there followed you over here everything you did in the states was reported over there and i'm talking about immediately you know I, there were times when i would be i would be in in dallas doing tv and i'd go to japan the next day and they and then and that next week they would have stuff i was doing in 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 dallas in the magazines also stuff i was doing in japan in the magazine so they knew exactly what was going on over here and if he did something over here to hurt his standards standing over there he lose a lot of money, and, yeah. and, and that's that's something a lot of people don't understand. I mean, like in life, I think a lot of times there's some of this communication. Like he probably let people know about this ahead of time. Like this is what we can do or not do, or you talk about it. But then somebody <laughs> didn't like that, and then you know they, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that happens too, you know. Uh, right. and, and and honestly, Frank uh, Bruiser was was he wasn't that hard to deal with as long as you did what you told him. And uh, right. you know, if you if you if you made a deal with him. And you did what you said you were going to do, paid him what you said you were going to pay him. He was not, he's not a problem at all. Uh, when what the problems came, when, when uh, somebody would try to maybe, uh, you know, short him a little bit of money or try sure. to get him to do something that he didn't feel comfortable doing, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, another name I wanted to throw at you, uh, just jump ahead a little bit, was uh, Lance Von Eric. I don't know Lance. I interviewed uh, Vinny Ver Berry on his show before, and they did yeah. a book about Lance. And I said, one thing I was always interested in is, is I've always heard the tale is okay the fake Von Eric and you know, I had Ross and Marshall out here great kids but like Lance to me I don't know him but I imagine he got offered a job he took a job and he probably wanted yeah. to make money yeah you know? yeah I mean a lot of people want to blame Lance for that but you know he didn't ask for it he was right. actually recruited and uh, my understanding is is that uh, David Manning had something to do with that he saw him I think. Uh, working out in a gym or something and like the way he looked and told Fritz about him. And, and at that point in time, there were some issues, you know, Carrie was hurt and, 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 you know, there were some, there were some attending issues, you know, and Mike, Mike had had his problems. So, you know, the guy was, the guy was recruited and, and, and sent to the Northwest to, to prepare for this and, yeah. and learn. And so he started from scratch and he went up there and did his job there and came back down here and did his job here. And, and, you know, of course, uh, I, I think the issues started happening when, you know, he felt like he was doing more work than he was getting paid for and that kind of thing. So it was, uh, you know, it, 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 I don't, I don't see how Lance could really be 
blamed for for what happened there. I mean, he, no. he, you're just doing what he was asked to do. Right. Yeah. That's even at an early age, I was like, kind of thought that was interesting. Like, I mean, like, yeah, you get yeah. offered a job, you're going to take it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and Ke- Kevin, Kevin was against it from the beginning. He didn't yeah. like it. He didn't like the idea. And he'll tell you that, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's all well and good, but that wasn't his decision. That was his right. dad's decision, you know? And then, then of course, when they exposed it, I think that was probably a, the way it was done was probably a mistake also. And yeah. Um, Especially that time period. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, so, but, but people want to throw, throw the, the, you know, the, what is it? Throwing shade. Yeah, yeah. That's what they call it, call it nowadays, you know, uh, <laughs> they want to throw shade at Lance and he, you know, he was really, you know, he was really just doing what he was asked to do. And, and he came into to a situation where it was almost impossible. You know, he, he was showing up doing his job and, and, and at the time there were some issues with that. And, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, you know, he felt like he felt like he was carrying a bigger load than he was getting paid for. I think uh, that I'm not speaking for him, but I think that's how no. he felt. And you know what? I mean, I'm, I'm 44, you know, I've worked a lot of different jobs, you know, got my own little business and I'm yeah. sure we both could say, and whatever you do, you're going to find that people generally like to have a scapegoat. Somebody's got to yeah. be at fault. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. And, and, and this business, you sh- this is so common. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I saw you as a referee, Legends of World Class Wrestling. I used to watch that every day, 4 o'clock. It used to make my day ESPN. <laughs> um, you don't know how many times I've heard that. <laughs> I was, it's a good thing, right? I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was actually, it was, it was funny because it was World Class Wrestling, but technically it was the NWA for a lot of stuff they aired, right? It became well, World Class Wrestling. Yeah. They 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 use some world class. They use some USWA and global. Uh, all, right. all three of those from from the Dallas area, and uh, and then eventually I think AWA got involved in that somehow. But yes, it did. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I've <laughs> I've heard so many guys and, and gals too, for that matter, tell me that you know I used to watch you when I was a kid. I'd come home from school and turn on the TV at three thirty or four o'clock in the afternoon. Yep. And, and, and there you were, you know, and, and, and it, you know, it shows you what a powerful medium television was at that time and still yeah. is really. But, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I told the story with someone else not too long ago that, that I didn't really think about it that much, but I was over in Japan working. And, and at that time I was, I was doing t- regular tours with WWF guys, yeah. uh, with a, for another company. And Barry Darsaw had came over, and I met him over there at at Narita uh, at, at the airport, and and uh, we were talking. And he said, "I just got through watching you on TV." And I said, "Really?" He said, "Yeah." He was in Europe, and I think in London. And he said, "Yeah, we we were sitting around before we got on the flight, and we were watching TV, and and ESPN was on, and there mm-hmm. you were, you know." So I'm thinking, man, you know, uh, it, it's just amazing, you know. It's a world. It's a big deal, you know. I it never, I never dawned on me so much until he said that, but. It, you know, it, it 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 is a big deal. Yeah, I think it's one of those almost like I want to call it almost like an underground thing too, because you're on ESPN, but you're on like in the middle of the day. But yeah. back then, you could watch it anytime. It would always end up playing again at some point, and it, ESPN was all over the world. So it's yeah. like more people kept discovering you after the fact. It seems like. Yeah, we had we we had a I guess you'd call it a cult following. I don't know, but yeah. and 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 you know, and they edited that thing so horribly. You know, the, the, <laughs> the, it didn't really represent what we were doing at all very very well. It, there were a lot of times when when we would be doing things that, that they thought was uh, maybe too sensitive for the, the the age group that was watching it, and and they'd edited it out. And you can tell if you watch the TV show that, that sometimes they cut away when something was happening, and then they 
cut back and it, it was, it, you know, it's kind of butchered it up a little bit. And, 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 uh, and it's kind of a shame because you, you lost a lot in, in the translation when that happened. But, 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 you know, at the same time, it, you know, there was still a, a program that kids watched and, and yeah. uh, it got over, you know? Oh yeah. hundred. I was probably 12, maybe in my early yeah. teens. So I didn't yeah. like, now I would notice that stuff. Like I watched wrestling sure. completely different. Right. But right. I was saying right. that like when, when everything was doing, they were just doing empty arena matches and it was just WWE and AEW at first. And yeah. uh, UFC started doing empty arena fights. And I said, right. the difference was UFC much like as a kid, I was invested in the outcome and the winner. So I didn't care. Yeah. But now I'm more about the actual show of it all. So with having no fans, the playoff, I was like, oh, this isn't as fun right now. Yeah, yeah and you know what? Uh, I think it exposed a lot of what's wrong with wrestling, too, mm. because you just you just hit on something that, that I, I preach all the time. And, and that is my my belief that wrestling is intended and at its best is when you make people feel and care. Right. If, if, if you're instead of just react. And, and a lot of what you see on TV today is just intended to make people react. Not, it doesn't engross them. It doesn't make them care about who wins and lo- loses. It, mm-hmm. it, because, you know, those same guys are going to be there the next day in the same right. shape. You know, there's no, no consequences to it. So, and there's no rules, you know. So, you, you know, it's just, it's just like playtime, you know. It's just, yeah. it's just react to the, 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 the show instead of really – drawing people in and making them care about what happens to the wrestlers and, and what it means to lose and win and then and, and what the consequences are for that. And, you know, that, I think that's, a, that's something that we're trying to get back to in SWE and, and, it, and, uh, and, and it's, it seems to be catching on, you know, and, and yeah. uh, I, I think that's, I think that's a huge problem with wrestling. It's morphed into that thing you're talking about. And yeah. it got really exposed when there are no fans there to cheer them on, you know, and to make their reactions. A thousand percent. And I think you could see who the well, I won't say better, war well-rounded performers were at the time because there were certain people you could see that could adapt easier. I'll say like Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan, a couple guys that came to mind. Like I saw some of their matches. I'm like, okay, these guys know how to handle they were being very more vocal, they were telling stories differently, and it was like, okay, I'm more engrossed in this, but it was a lot harder for people who had never probably competed in that environment before right yeah yeah when 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 all you're doing are are stunts you know and 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 you're expecting this certain reaction for every stunt you know and then and that's all you're getting out of it then then when the crowd's not there and you don't have that spontaneity then then Mm -hmm. you're losing something with it but the guys that know how to tell those stories who knew how to draw the fans in and and there's still a few of those guys around today that can do that uh, on TV. I mean, and yeah. and, uh, and and you can tell the difference. You're right. You can when yeah. you watch their matches. It doesn't matter whether the crowd's there or not. You still feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's difference. One other difference I noticed too is uh, the strikes. I mean, not saying again. Some people can, <laughs> but like I was watching. Uh, you talk about that old four o'clock segment. Somebody had reminded me of a match I saw when I was a kid. I remember this. It, I still remember this. This like it was a New Year's Eve. I was visiting my sister, and ESPN was playing. It was AWA Kurt Henning versus Nick Bockwinkel for the AWA World Title. Mm-hmm. Both were kind of baby faces at the time, but they hit on this match. And usually, when you saw matches that were baby faces back then, it was more technical. But this one, 
was technical, then built to a brawl. There's blood. They go the distance. And I was saying, this re- match still holds up. You know? I remember the match. In fact, I saw it just the other day. Uh, yeah. on, on on YouTube or something. I, I just happened to be going through there, and I, I saw that, watched that match, and, and and I normally, when I'm doing that, going through, you know, all these matches and all, and nothing catches my eye that I wanted right. to stay with. I couldn't get away from it, and and, and that's why, you know, those guys knew how to do that, and, and you, you were talking about the strikes and things. That's that's kind of one of my pet peeves. The guys will tell you that. You know, we've, we've got a rule in, in SWE that you can't, use a closed fist above the neck. If you do, you're disqualified. And uh, well, uh, the, and the reason for that is I'm trying to get away from some of the really horrible punches that you see. Mm-hmm. Plus the fact that a lot of guys, that's our whole offense. That's the first thing they start doing, even baby faces, you know, and, and, and it just makes no sense whatsoever. Right. No, I, 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 I like, you know, it's just, it is funny. Like as I go back and I watch the difference in strikes and I, I, I like that. Uh, personally to me, anything you can do to stand out and be a little bit different to now, I mean, hats off. Like, um, I was watching NXT UK and they were doing something called the heritage cup where they had specific rules and they were going back to the round system in Europe. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's different, you know? And I think right now, especially with maybe the lack of crowds on TV, you need to kind of be different, but also make it make sense too. <laughs> well, yeah. The the one thing about the round system, and I did a little of that over there too. And, and I worked in Germany. I, uh, it's a the, the psychology has to be there. Otherwise, right. you can't do it. I mean, it's just it's just ingrained in that because you know you work the the the, the five minute rounds or whatever they were, and 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 uh, you know you've got to you've got to catch people for that five minutes and make them make them understand what you're doing and carry that on to the next one and make sense of it. And it's yeah. a it's a it's a different different way of wrestling. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just a point now. You've had the referee match like that. What do you think, in your opinion, makes a great referee? What do you look for? Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> I wrote a I wrote a chapter in my book about what I I believe in, it is uh, is important for a referee, and that and and I, I qualify that in in saying that I I I made those observations and those those feelings based on how I believe the business should be. Mm-hmm. The problem today is the, the the rules mean very little in most matches, and then if they do mean something in this match, they may mean something else in the next match, and it confuses the fans. They don't know what to you know what to cheer for and boo for, and mm-hmm. they, they don't understand if a, if a, if a heel is getting heat, you know why, you know, and, right. and, you know, and, and and so first of all, you've got to have rules in yes. order to be a, a, that kind of referee that that you're talking about. But you know the. the I think the first thing is, is, is you a referee. And I tell guys this when I'm training, I think a referee should know everything a wrestler knows. He may not be able to do all those things, but you should know everything. You need to know the holes. You should know the effects of the holes. He should, uh, he should understand the, 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 the moves, everything, everything about what a wrestler understands. And, and, you know, and, and then, then you start adding uh, timing and, 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 pacing and, and, the, and the body language and all those things that help enhance a match. And, and, you know, I've always said if I couldn't make a match better by being in there, then I shouldn't even be in there. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, that's not taking away anything the wrestlers do and not overshadowing the wrestlers in any way, but it's still uh, enhancing it in some way, kind of like the uh, supporting actor in a, in, a, in a movie or a play or something. It, you know, you, it, it just wouldn't be as good without them. And, right. and, uh, and, and a good referee can, can make those matches that much better if, if he does those things. And there's so many ways of doing that. You know, the, 
the, the you're you're kind of the narrator of a match in the ring because the fans can't always can't always see every effect of everything, but you can relay that to them in a way. If by your body language, your facial expressions, a whole lot of a whole lot of other ways, hmm. but but uh, you're it's very important, you know. If if, if you're going to really get the most out of a match, problem today is, is a lot of a lot of the times the matches the referee's just kind of standing and waiting until it's time to make a count because they're they're flying around doing all these spots and everything, and, and you're not there's very little interaction with the referee. It's a, and, and in some cases they you know. And I and I won't uh, I don't want to mention any names AEW but uh, you <laughs> you bury the referee in every chance you get and it just makes me sick. Yeah, it just, yeah, it really do. They have no they have no sense about what it's like to really work with a referee to make things better. And if you do that, you know your your, your product is better. And um, you know it's frustrating to me. But but that's again that's another one of those things that we're trying to, to uh, correct in SWE in the way we present things. You know it's funny. You're never gonna watch anything and like everything. But I remember watching stuff when I was younger, and I probably liked all of it or ninety percent of it. But now it's more like a buffet for me when I watch a wrestling program. I watch everything, but it's like, all right, I like that. I don't like that. <laughs> you know, like like DVR. Like I'm fast forwarding some stuff, and yeah, you know, I'm like, no, no, oh, okay, <laughs> you know. And, yeah, uh, you can you can become very critical of it when you start to understand how it works or is supposed to work. And, and think, I'm the same way, you know. I think it, a big uh, thing. I'd be curious to get. And it's not just wrestling. For me, I think a big thing is society. We're overexposing everything. We're oversaturating sure. everything. There's just so yeah. much. So yeah. And, yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah. it, 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 and I don't really understand it. You know, the 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 people people talk about it. Well, there's too much been exposed with wrestling and all this kind of thing. So that's why it doesn't do as well. Blah blah blah. That's all a bunch of bull. You know, yeah. uh, the the fact is, is people still go to movies. Still people people mm-hmm. watch watch TV shows. And and a lot of those TV shows are are episodic. They they carry things from one to the next, and they make you make you want to see what happens next. Yes. They they draw you in. And, and in fact, some of the most popular shows are exactly that way. So and we all know that's not real, right? You know. And so why do we watch it? We watch it because they take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And they take their they take their roles seriously. They take their acting seriously. And when wrestling stops taking itself seriously, then everybody else does the same thing. And that's what's happened. So you know, I, I, my feeling is, and I, and I tell people this. You know, I know every little secret about wrestling. I really do. I've been doing this for. 36 years and I've been teaching it. I've, I've booked it. I've done, you know, written TV. I've done everything you think of in this business. Mm. I know every little detail about how things work. And yet if, if you get me two guys out there who really know how to do what they should be able to do, I can get engrossed and get buy into it just like any other fan can. And that's what I miss because I, I want to do that sometimes and I just can't. Yeah, Mark Calloway to me, like when he talks about the Undertaker character and mm-hmm. how, even though I was talking about, like, I was never a fan of characters like that, but he was the one guy, he took himself so seriously. And when he talks about it now that he's retired, he talks about it a little bit. And you can tell he says it takes him a while. He's like, even now, he's not comfortable talking about it, but he'll talk what? about it. He says that. You know, behind the scenes, he's like, it wasn't like I was acting dead, but I'd go out dressed in black. I'd be quiet. I would do little things I could to even enhance the character. And I remember hearing stories about like the original sheet going into restaurants and acting crazy. And I thought, yeah. how dedicated. I mean, they don't get the credit deserved for being the athletes they do, I, I believe, but they also don't get the credit, I think, for being 
like some of the best method actors. Like they're living that role. Ric Flair yeah. was that person. You know? Absolutely. Well, yeah, he really was though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. Well, Mark's a great example. Uh, yeah. You know, because if you think about it logically, the Undertaker character is absolutely, totally illogical. Right. I mean, you think about it. I mean, the, the whole the whole concept of it is like, what? A dead man walking around? We all know that's not happening. Right. You know, yet he made it so popular and so over because he took it seriously. It's that simple. He, yeah. he did. He never he never stooged himself off with it. He always was the dead man. He was always mm-hmm. the undertaker. And, 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 and that's what I, that's my point. You know, if, mm-hmm. if, I, if you can do that with that kind of character. Mm-hmm. Then you could do that with any character, because because that's as absurd as you can think of, huh. and yet and yet Mark took it and for what twenty five years or yeah. however long he was there, made people believe in it, and 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 I hear that gong and it's like wow, it's still mm-hmm. today, you know I guarantee you, and that's the that's the difference, and that's that's the point I'm trying to make is that, mm-hmm. that when you quit taking yourself seriously, everybody else quits taking you seriously, but when you do that. Even in the, in the in the wrestling world that we've had the last few years, as ridiculous as some of it has been, when Mark did that character and walked out on that 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 stage, that and walked into that ring and that arena, everybody believed him, yeah. and that's that that that's how good he was, and how good how you how you can do this if you just take yourself seriously. Yeah, uh, one of my uh, favorite promotions right now, actually, I, I think is uh, MLW. I feel like they do a lot of things over there that I've seen. Like uh, before, when they had the arenas, they had a, uh, they had they were down in Texas, they were down in Dallas, and uh, they had MJF at the time who was doing both, and uh, they were doing things. And he cut promos that I couldn't believe he was getting away with in this day and age, talking about the Von Erich stuff you would think. And he got heat. They were throwing things and booing things, and. Actually, that's one other thing I want to ask you about. You were in a different time period of wrestling. You were a referee. Those crowds got hot. Any scary moments you can tell us about maybe that you involved or encountered? Well, yeah. I mean, there were, there were a lot of times that, that I can think of when, when the fans got so mad at, at, uh, at whoever happened to be the heel at the time. You know, that there was – it was scary. You know, I yeah. mean, you think that, that you, you're almost afraid for them to walk back and forth to the ring, you know. In Dallas at the Sportatorium, we had actually two aisles that came out. One was a heel aisle, one was a, was a babyface aisle. So the guys that came down the heel aisle, you know, they, they had to have a lot of security at a lot of times. You know, guys like Dick Murdoch, and uh, I saw a guy try to go after him with a knife one time. You know, and, 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 you know, the guys would, would have, you know, you, you knew, you just didn't know. <laughs> there was, there was a time that, that, uh, uh, when global was going on that, that WCW wanted to come in and run a show at Sportatorium, mainly because they wanted a lot of those guys that hadn't had that experience to be able to say, I worked at Sportatorium. So they called and we made arrangements for them to come in. Jake. Roberts was yeah. with them at the time. Uh, a guy in the stands literally took a shot at him from mm. the stands, went across the ring and out the back end of the sportatorium door. Huh. And so, you know, I mean, you never know what some idiot out there is thinking, you know, but, but yeah, there's, there's been a lot of situations where the fans got so irate and so crazy. And then, you know, you want them to believe, <laughs> but you hope, you hope right. you can do it and, and stay safe. But, but we had, we had really good security at Sportatorium because of that. Yeah. yeah. It makes you respect some of the heels in that time period, Norma, because you get yeah. like, wow, you got to be fearless. 
to go after that kind of heat too. Yeah, I mean they they lived it that way, you know, and 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 you know, they loved making the fans mad. But but you know you had to watch yourself, had to watch your back sometimes because it it could be dangerous. You know, one thing I'd be curious to get your uh, point on. I was listening to this interview with Freddie Prince Jr. recently. He used to write for WWE and. He was talking about, you know, there's a lot of things that are bad and good. And he said, I'll bring up, he said, one thing I like, and I thought was interesting was he was talking about women's wrestling. He said the mm-hmm. women's wrestling, like the girls are, was way more athletic. Now, obviously, psychology and everything like that, that's just a big problem in wrestling in general. But like to see where the women have come, I'd be curious what your thoughts on that are, because obviously this was not the same back in the day. Well, there, there is no question that that the this current crop of, of ladies is uh, either they're they're well for one thing they're they're more traditionally trained they're they're I don't know that they're they're better athletes than the than the ladies that came way back you know because there were some tough ladies back in those mm-hmm. days but there was a period of time there when they called them divas they didn't even call them wrestlers you know right. especially in WWE and they were basically uh, uh, models that they trained to do certain things and and some of them became pretty good I mean guys. Like, you know, Trish Stratus. I mean, she was a, sure. I think, you know, I think she was a, uh, a aerobics instructor or something, you know, and, and Ron Hutchison took her in and trained her and she became a hammer wrestler. And, you know, but she, but she worked with gals like jazz, you know, yeah. our, our jazz, you know, yes. and, and, and she became, she became a very good wrestler, you know, and, but there were, there were few and far between that, that degree of, of talent uh, or skill uh, but now th- this group of, of, of ladies has come along in the last few years for whatever reason you know i don't know if it's because they're, they're going to the training uh centers the, the legit ones like uh, the guys were doing and, and just taking it seriously but the, for whatever reason they have they have actually in a lot of ways surpassed the guys and as far as yeah the, as far as their work goes you know and, but and some of that's the way they've been booked too uh, I think that I think that they were they were handled a little bit better for the last at least in WWE. Yeah. For you know, uh, I think they were handled a lot better there, and 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 hopefully that they don't become so popular that the wrong people get a hold of them and they ruin them too. But that that could happen, you know. Oh yeah. Um, Agreed. You know, and, and but but yeah, I mean, you, you look at Charlotte for there, and 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 uh, uh, you know some of those gals like her, and they're the man. They can go. And, I know. And, and I'm, I'm glad to see it. You know, we've got we've got a good girls division in SWE and something that we're really pushing and taking advantage of that popularity that they have now. And, and you know, I'm loving it. You know, I, I love to see the gals uh, uh, step up and, and become, you know, we had we had a middle main event not too long ago. I mean, that was our main event on TV, the gals. And then mm-hmm. on this next taping, uh, very good chance that, that there may be one there, too. Yeah, it's nice to see. I was telling someone, too, and Bianca Belair, who just uh, won the Rumble, they let her cut a promo afterwards. And again, to your part, you know, like, she cuts a promo. She's crying. She's thanking her mom. She's thanking her dad. She's like, I'm like, oh. And then suddenly you get lost because, like, this feels real now. This feels like, okay, this is coming yeah. from the heart. This isn't some scripted, thank you, yeah. WWE universe, blah, blah, blah. It's like, and that could have been a very generic promo in another era, but because in the era we have now, I'm like, well, that that's from the heart, but she also made it work for her. It's all about relating. You know, if if you, if you can make fans relate to what you're doing and feel, you know, what you're trying to get them to feel, then, you know, because the fans don't feel all the same emotions, you know, anybody else does. The wrestlers go through the same emotions fans do. If you can relate that to them in some way, then they're, they're going to buy into it and they're going to follow you. They'll, you know, they're, they're going to be a fan of yours because they relate to you. And, and that's, that's something that's really missing. You know, mm-hmm. this, this era, the, the, they call all these guys, you're all, you, you sign with WWE and you're a superstar. Well, that's a bunch of bunk. 
you know, you know, cause uh, there's only a few superstars <laughs> and, you know, and, and obviously some of them been to WWE, but I'm, what I'm trying to say is you know, just because you, just because you're on WWE television, it doesn't make you a superstar. Right. And, and, and that's a, that's a term that's almost become almost turned into a, a deal where it's, it's having the opposite effect that it should have. You know, you, you, you want to, you want to be bigger than life. And I think that was the reason for calling them that. But the problem is, is somewhere along the line, they lost that relatability. Sure. And, and when they lost that, then, you know, you're no longer a superstar. You're just another guy. And one of my, you know, everybody worries about like ratings and stuff now. So we need to know the business <laughs> aspect of wrestling. And to me, like I go back, I look, I didn't know at the time. But WCW 89, Flair Funk, that wasn't even the most profitable time in WCW history. But boy, it was some of my favorite times watching. It turns out a lot of other people loved it too and go back. And I think most of that too was because Funk and Flair made me believe. It felt different. Yeah, think about who you're talking about. Two of the the greatest relators in the business. Yeah. You know, Dusty Rhodes, the same way. I mean, he related to people, you know, he, 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 he was a common man, you know, and, and, uh, you know, that that's, that's what's missing so much now, you know, the, the, they, the, the, they want them to be superstars, which makes them something other, otherworldly, you know, but yet, yet the fans can see through that. And, and I think, I think that, that when I think the, the relatability is a lot more important than trying to be, uh, otherworldly or, or super superhero type. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you connect with your audience. <laughs> That's the Absolutely, thing, right? yeah. Absolutely. Now, one other thing I want to ask you: too, You've been a booker, like you were saying too. Same question as a referee. What do you feel uh, makes a good booker? Uh, trying to trying to draw out that thing we're talking about that that believability and relatability, the things that that uh, make fans want to see what happens next, uh, being logical. And I mean, in wrestling, you've got a pretty wide area that you can go to. You know, you can you can take some liberties with real realist realism, but at the same time, if you go too far, then you you you've lost them. And I think if you can stay within those parameters and and and, and that of logic, and and uh, and still be something that people can relate to, you know, it's just like a movie, you know, like yeah. we talked to talked about. It's a, you know, you you can take some liberties with with real realism and movies and awesome. and, uh, and 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 TV shows and that sort of thing. But you know, when you go too far, then people kind of go, mm. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Oh, yeah, but, yeah. And, and I think that's a big part of, of booking and, and relating to the talent, you know, finding the putting the right guys in the right right situations. And, and, and in a lot of cases, you know, letting letting it come naturally. You know, I, I, I like I like uh, personal issues. Uh, I like for people to under, because we all understand those. We relate to them. You know, we all have somebody that we've had an issue with or something that we've had an issue with. And, and if you can find those things and, and connect to the fans with those things, then, then you, you've done something. You know, I, 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 my, my uh, philosophy goes, you know, it really was developed from guys like Gary Hart and, and uh, uh, Red Bastine and, and Grizzly Smith and, you know, the guys that I've, I've worked under and with for so long you know and 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 a, a lot of those had the same basically the same philosophy about booking it, it's, it's about just connecting with something that people can I, understand i was just telling a friend of mine we're mma fans and pro wrestling fans and i said i literally just like two days ago i texted him i said you don't want him who's gonna probably get this i like my mma like pro wrestling i like my pro wrestling like mma meaning i mm-hmm. like the mma fighters to be a little more entertaining sometimes i like when there's a story and a guy's flashy but in pro wrestling 
okay, you're already going to be that anyway. Make me believe. Make me believe this is a real fight now. Suspend my yeah. disbelief. Right? That's 100% right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, uh, uh, you know, I, I tell people sometimes MMA would be hugely even more popular than ever if they got to learn how to work. Yeah. <laughs> thousand percent. <laughs> um, I want to ask you a couple more names before I let you go. Joe Pedicito from GWF area. I remember him growing up as a kid. He had this wrestling show on where he had like every wrestling show. They would do this like weekly yeah. update and they even had WWE footage. However, they pulled that off at the time. Right. And right. you worked with him. How was he? He seems like an interesting guy. Great guy. A yeah. great guy. Very dedicated to our business. You know, we lost him a little over a year ago, I guess now. And, you know, and, and God bless Bonnie. You know, she, she was a, a, his right hand, you know. And, yeah. And, but, uh, yeah, he, he was a good guy. He, he loved our business, and you can tell that right off. I love the fact that he was willing to go beyond the borders that most people go to go beyond because he, he would, he would like you said, he, he would talk about, WWF at the time and uh you know uh NWA he, he brought news from everywhere and you know that kind mm -hmm. of thing and he acknowledged all of those things and yet you know he he he, uh, he put together that global thing to start with and and uh it was amazing all the people that's gone through that that organization you know over the years I, I was looking at that list just the other day and man it's it's, it's a it's just it's incredible the 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 people that came through global it really is, because I wasn't even going to ask that, but like I remember watching that when I was younger, and it seems like they just had, especially in the beginning, a huge crop of talent. It was like, you go through, it was like Lightning Kid, Sean Watman, Jerry mm -hmm. Lynn, the Patriot. I think Terry Gordy stopped in in the initial tape. Oh, yeah. Too. Terry, yeah, was, yeah, Terry, Doc, all those guys. Yeah, it's just, you, you look down the list, it's a who's who almost. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 they were you know like you're talking about Sean and 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 Jerry Jerry you know the, those guys were doing things that nobody was doing at the time, mm -hmm. you know they kind of they kind of merged uh, uh, lucha and Japanese style with the with the traditional American style wrestling and and came up with something that was really different and 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 it kind of morphed into the things you saw with Eddie Guerrero and Chris right. Benoit and Dean Malenko and all those guys later on, uh, yeah, but they were the start of it. You know, they, they really kind of were the ones that made it popular in, in their own little thing. And that all started in global. Mm -hmm. 100%. That's the first time I saw it. When I, yeah. I saw Watman hitting those kicks. Oh, and yeah. I refereed that. those matches. Yeah. You bet. <laughs> I'm sure you that bet. was a handful to keep up. Oh, with it, was, it was fun, man. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. That's yeah. When, awesome. you, when, you're, when you're in a ring with guys that really understand their craft and, and they understand how to work with you in that craft, Man, it's it's such a satisfying thing to walk out of that ring knowing that you did what you wanted to do. Mm. And it's funny you talk about understanding Watman. We've had a couple other guys on the show: Horowitz, Bob mm -hmm. Cook, and I, yeah. one thing I draw in comparison: all of them worked under Professor Malenko there too. It seemed like he yeah. must have really must have really knew how to craft some talent. <laughs> oh, he was a great teacher. I, I I never got the chance to meet him, but from everything I've I've heard from all those guys and 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 others that actually worked with him, and and, and he was he was an incredibly uh, a talented teacher of the sport. One last name I'm going to throw at you: Fritz von okay. Eric. What yep. was he like to work with? 
Fritz was uh, pretty much what you saw. You know, he, he was a gruff, no-nonsense kind of guy. You know, uh, he, he he wanted things done a certain way, and, and, uh, and he demanded certain things. He didn't really get involved in the booking that much. I mean, he had Gary Hart and Ken Mantell and, you know, other guys, other people. You know, Bruiser booked a little while. Uh, David Manning booked a little bit. Uh, he, he had other guys in there booking, and then he had Bronco Lubitsch and Skandar Akbar in the back and, and it, that kind of everybody bounced everything off of. So, you know, uh, Fritz was he, – he really didn't get involved in the creative side that much. But the business side, he was demanding, and and he, he knew what he wanted, and and if he didn't get it, he'd let you know, you know. But you know, uh, the 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 little bit of interaction I had with him one on one, you know, I I never never had a problem whatsoever. It seems like most successful guys in the wrestling business, especially in that era, were alpha males. I mean, Vince he, Watts, yeah, he was there. Yeah. yeah, Vern. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no nonsense, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All those, all those guys that that ran the territories like that. Joe Blanchard, the same way. You know, uh, they they were they were very much uh, dominant type alpha, like you said, alpha guys that that uh, they knew what they wanted and and they put people in the right position to give it to them. You've been great. So let me give you the floor here. SWE Fury and anything else you want to promote or talk about? I know you're very proud of it, so I want to hear more about it. So just. Hit me whatever you got. Anything you got well, coming yeah, up? Yeah, I, I am very proud of it. We we we've gone in the last eighteen, I think eighteen months or so, uh, from ground zero to uh, really starting to make some noise now, and 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 we've done it, but done it by doing things like I said traditionally and and and, and taking a different path. We're not trying to be WWE or AEW or anybody else. We're trying to be we're just trying to be what we are, you know, and, and that is a more traditional company that, that believes in the old Texas style wrestling and whatever that might be to you. You know, it, it's a little bit of a mix of a lot of things. Just some of it's brawling, some of it's scientific. It's a little bit of everything, but it's hard hitting and it's believable and then it's, and it's logical and, and, uh, and it has rules. And, and, uh, uh, and I believe there's a fan base out there for that. And, and we're determined that we're going to keep going until we find that fan base and establish it, you know, and, uh, you know, we're 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 having a lot of luck and a lot of people are, are buying into it and and i'm talking about people in the business that are, are starting to you know like teddy long and kevin sullivan those guys called us they wanted to come in and work with us because they saw what we were trying to do and they believed in it and uh, uh you know we never reached out to them they they came to us and and that's the case with most of the people that are working with us now you know so i'm very proud of that and and uh uh, I intend to continue that. It takes a lot of patience and it takes a lot of determination to stick it out doing it that way. Mm. But that's what we're trying to do. And, and we've got a huge event coming up uh, on the 27th of this month in, in Carthage, Texas, uh, called East Texas Wrestle Fest. It's going to be uh, uh, there's a lot of people showing up for it. Uh, you know, a, a lot of a lot of names. You can go to uh, SWE.com and see all the all the, the characters that are going to be there. <laughs> Plus, you know, plus plus the wrestling is going to be outstanding. It's going to it's going to be something to see. I tell you, we got some we got some great young talent, and we got some good veterans that are, are kind of mixing in there with it. And and uh, I couldn't be happier right now. We're we're still a work in progress, but but we're going to get there. Well, I think that's awesome to hear, man. I like I said, I loved Texas wrestling, even up here in Connecticut. You know, we watched this kid, and that was something I even told uh, Ross and Marshall when they're on. Like uh, I was watching them and. 
they're kind of like these throwbacks. They're white they are, baby yeah. faces, and they like yeah. that, look like a ballroom brawl almost. And I, yeah, I love they're, it. Yeah, they're great kids. Uh, you know, they're, they're, I, I love those guys. I would maybe maybe one of these days we can all get back together again. I, I, uh, I've known Marshall and, and, and Ross since they were babies almost, and and uh, you know I, I, I love them to death. But uh, you know, uh, and they do. They kind of belong with in, in Texas wrestling, so. They do it that way, but but yeah, I, I, you know, my influences are Texas and Japan. That's that's where yeah. I had that's that's where it all came for me, and and that's that's what I know, and that's what I'm trying to present out there. Awesome to hear, man. Anything social media you want to let people know to find you or? Oh well, I'm you know I'm on Facebook, and I've got a I've got I've got a Twitter and an Instagram and all that stuff. I don't hardly ever mess with them. I I, I, I let all these smart guys do that kind of stuff. There you, you know, go. I, uh, we do have an SWE uh, Insider uh, podcast every Tuesday night on Hannibal TV and Hannibal Hannibal Radio. You can look it up. Uh, I do that with him, and and we have special guests every week. And so you know that's that's another one of those things that we're doing. We've got an app. You go to the SWE app, and uh, that thing is growing right now. We've got a lot of things we can do with that, uh, interacting and and uh showing matches and, and a lot of information and and also uh go to swe's uh youtube channel and you know join that it's it's free and, and we show our we show our programs there we're on fight action tv and god knows how many broadcast stations out there i don't know now but uh you know we're, we're you can find us if you just look Awesome to hear. James, thank you so much for doing this. I hope we can do it again. I really like talking to you, man. Appreciate it. Oh, it's been been a pleasure anytime, my friend. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then, as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 